This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing today? They're doing great, Polly. They're listening to us, of course. Uh, Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you today. As always, this Monday, we're going to be talking about NHL, league news, injuries, sussies, and of course, your very own Washington Capitals. And the disappointing, I'm going to say, it's it's a fucking, it was a disappointing week last week. You know, even though we came out with four of the six possible points, I was still, I didn't think it was good enough. So why don't we pop some tabs and get right into it? What do you think, Polly? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. So let's just start off with some league news. It's been a little little drama filled, I think, this last week with Elvis Ms. Link Ms. Lincoln's Ms. Lurkins, um, Elvis from the Columbus Blue Jackets, supposed number one starting goalie, maybe. Uh requests a trade for that exact reason. You know, nobody on that team knows who the starting goalie is. They've got some guys that are in the stables that they want to check out. And I think the one guy is Tarasov. He looks pretty good. Young Russian. Um, you know, so Ms. Lurkins has, has come out and said like, I, I want out of Columbus, which is uh, quite the hissy fit, which we know he is prone to be throwing. I think, I don't know, Polly, what do you, what's your take on Holsich? Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a hissy fit fountain is what he is. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, whether he's upset with the goalie situation or he's not happy with the team's lack of success. Um, you know, obviously he thinks he's top-notch, and so he wants to be winning. Uh, I guess from that perspective, I, you know, can't hate on him too much for it, but, um, you know, if it's just him worried about his playing time, then I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like, go prove yourself, bud. Yeah, and I mean, well, you know, Elvis is, has had a pretty good career so far, a young career. Um, I would think that in a perfect trajectory at this point, he's, uh, he's you know, looking for a number one spot somewhere. And if you can't get a number one spot in Columbus, like, you know, I'm sure that probably is weighing in on you when you talk about the winning side. So from the player's perspective, I could see that and him being upset. I just laugh at the way that he goes about, you know, crying and blaming everyone else for his problems. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's fair. He is, um, you know, he hits Tom Wilson and then blames Tom Wilson for it. So, you know, that's just the kind of character it yeah absolutely no i mean um so we'll see where that shakes out uh ultimately though this is probably well timed for him if he does want to go to a contender there's definitely a couple out there who would probably make room for maybe a goaltender of his caliber again you know i don't think with most young goalies consistency is hard to find but elvis if he can find some or at least get hot at the right time down a playoff run you know there's teams up north like the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers even, that may be able to, you know, grab him up. Um, I don't believe his contract is is 
too heavy. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it'll definitely be something to watch and see where he goes. And then, but commonly, unless you're Patrick Waugh, things like this don't typically work out in the player's favor, favor when you're kind of bitching, if, if, if I may. You're right. And, you know, it's funny that you bring up Patrick Waugh. Right. Exactly. Because what, what happened he, there? He is the, he's the new head coach of the New York Islanders. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if, you know, for those of people who may be surprised, while it is still a surprise, um, he does have NHL coaching experience. He was at the Avalanche for a couple years, um, basically while they were still building their Stanley Cup roster. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really know if their lack of success is as much on him as it is the players hadn't come together yet. So, um, but he's, he's coached a lot of, um, juniors and he coaches son and juniors. And so I think, you know, he's got a pretty solid group in New York and this will be a, a true, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but a, a true picture, I guess, of his coaching ability. Cause he's got a, um, a team with veterans that can win, you know, maybe he can come in, utilize them and make them scary for the Metro. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, the, uh, just going back, Merz Lincoln's actually making 5.4. So that's quite a lot for a goalie that would, there would need to be moves to be made, but yeah, like with, with Wah, man, I mean, he was, I, I thought I heard a rumor at one point that he like, punched a junior player in the face or something crazy or like assaulted a junior player back before or after he did his stint in the NHL either before at some point because he was the Avs head coach for a while wasn't he a few years he was and I can only imagine how awkward it was when Patrick Waugh had to be fired by Joe Sackick I know uh, right that couldn't have been yeah that couldn't have been fun um but yeah he he, he was coaching junior, got the job with the abs. And then I think it was after his NHL stint when he, he got, he, I'm pretty sure he had a fight with another coach in juniors. Okay. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> I mean, he almost fought Bruce Boudreaux yeah. when they when, when Bruce was with yeah. uh, the ducks, like trying to push th- over the glass in between the benches. Yeah. Yeah. Patty wall. Yeah, you can take the the player out of the game, but not the game out of the player, right? <laughs> I guess you know he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite goalies of all time. But an absolute oh yeah fucking head case, right? Yeah, and you know I guess uh, we should mention that Mark Andre Fleury just passed him as second on the all times win list. Yeah, but I think that's kind of a fraud. I can't give Mark Andre Fleury. I cannot think of Mark Andre Fleury on the same same level as Patrick Waugh. I'm sorry. Uh, what I will say is that I think it's impressive that his career has lasted this long. He's he's remained relevant. Um, but you know, I don't. When you when you look at like the best goalies ever, right? In at least the modern era, like you know. So we'll kick out like Ken Dryden and uh, you know, like the guys who didn't wear masks or just started wearing masks. Let's just look at like you know modern goalies, but like. You look at Hashik, Broder, Waugh. Do you really think that Flurry is in that same crowd? I, I just and I'm not saying that he's far off, but I don't. I just don't feel like make one level down. One level down, I would be fine. 
I think we need time to make a fair assessment. I, I think we need to, you'd, you'd really need to um, revisit this 10 years after he retires to have, I think, an honest look at it. I guess. I mean, I will say this. All three of the goalies that I mentioned led their team, played, were starters, played a lot, a lion's share of the of of the games that eventually resulted in Stanley Cups, Olympic gold medals, you know, things like that, right? But Marc-Andre Fleury has not. A large part of his championship winning has been from the bench. He won the gold medal from the bench. He won, uh, you know, parts of Stanley Cups, but... And then I get, you know, he was a starter for a couple series out of those, but who was doing the heavy lifting on those back-to-backs? Uh, you know, Murray, I would say. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need the time. Fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out and say it. Like Mark Andre Fleury is not on the same level as Patrick Waugh. Congrats to him for having that successful career and, and being relevant for a damn near two decades. Like that's nothing to scoff at. Uh, but I feel that this. This uh, record is longevity-based rather than all-time great GOAT-based. What do you think? Yeah, and that's a fair point. All right. All right. Well, hey, we'll also give it 10 years, and I'll probably feel the same way. Who knows? You know, if Marc-Andre Fleury in the next two years goes to two cup contenders and wins, then if not from the bench – then maybe he's just shoving it up my hoop and that's completely, you know, warranted there. Then I will, then I will concede victory to him. Um, but we got off on this tangent because Patrick Waugh has been hired by the New York Islanders who have now Lou Lamarillo has had three coaches. This will be his third coach. At what point did the New York Islanders start saying like, okay, Lou, like time to retire. Like you're old as fuck. Obviously it's not working. Um, you know, had Barry Trotz, had Lane Lambert, which were kind of one in the same, same kind of school of thought or same, um, regime was in cause Lambert was Trotz's assistant. And now we have Patrick Waugh. So if Patrick Waugh does not make the playoffs this year, I mean, I, and, and maybe next year they don't make the playoffs. It, you know, I don't know. Are we looking at a possible Lou Lamarillo being jettisoned? I think that'd be fair. I mean, he's had ample enough time. He's had numerous chances. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say Patrick Waugh is his, his last chance at keeping his job. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And you know what? Lou can retire and be completely fine with that hockey career. He's obviously an all-time great. Um <clears throat> So yeah, you know that's uh that's the the kind of juicy league news that's out right now. But Paul, I, I know you wanted to cover something here at the top of the show before we move on. Yeah. So um, a couple episodes ago, talked about my buddy John. Um, he's on social media at that Solar Bear fan. He does uh, a lot of content relating to the ECHL team, the Orlando Solar Bears and the Florida Panthers and some uh, some Pittsburgh stuff too, because he grew up, um, you know, in our town, which is near Pittsburgh. And he's been battling uh, multiple myeloma. And 
I just wanted to get the word out there. He's uh, he's a real great guy. Always been a great friend to me. Uh, lifelong hockey player. He's played goalie and played out, but you know, in my heart, he's always my goalie. But um, you know, check out his page. He's got some good content, and if you can find it in your heart and in your wallet, he's got these shirts. Team John, puck cancer. Um, I'm wearing one right now, as you can see on camera. They're pretty comfortable. Um, and, you know, a portion of the, the price goes towards him. Um, he's unable to work through his treatments. And he also has a GoFundMe. So if you go to either his accounts or on my Twitter and Instagram, I have a link tree with um, the links to where you can donate or buy a shirt. Uh, I couldn't get it on TikTok because I don't have a – I guess I don't have a big enough following that it wouldn't post my link tree. <laughs> so um, – but yeah, if uh, you know, if you can find it to help out a fellow hockey player going through a tough time, my buddy John, that Solar Bear fan, um, yeah, I know he'd appreciate it, and so would I. Yeah, we'll post the links on the uh, Epi announcement. What are the handles to look at there, Polly? Uh, yeah, so all of his stuff is at that Solar Bear fan. I believe he's on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and then. Uh, you could just go to my page at Polly Cupcakes, and actually, I think it's Polly underscore Cupcakes now, right? Isn't it? I think so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, at Polly underscore Cupcakes, Instagram and Twitter is where my the link in my link tree. You can find um, his links, and I mean that's the same thing I have on TikTok, but you won't find the link tree there. So go to Twitter, or Instagram if you want to find the links. Yeah, even a follow for the social accounts would be helpful there. But uh, like we said, if you have uh, if you got some extra dough and can donate to the cause, uh, I'm sure John really appreciate it. So good luck, Scooter, and give us some money for the good cause. Yeah, absolutely. Love you, bud. All right, let's move on to some injuries in the NHL. Val Nishushkin in Players Assistance Program. He had to step away during the playoffs last season when an intoxicated woman was found in his uh, room during the series with the Kraken. Uh, the Avs, I believe, eventually lost that series. The woman, though, needed to go to the hospital. Um, so a really bad look for him there. Um, and... Ultimately, you know, this is kind of his second stint back in. So hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Uh, it's interesting, though, to see these cup teams like uh, I think that the Caps are really fortunate with their young players, except for, you know, Jacob Verona, uh, even. And I guess the Caps aren't immune to it. Um, you know, these young guys, they go out, they win a cup, they're on top of the world and, and maybe get a little too loose with the partying or, or maybe, you know, can't reach those high echelons again and, and conflicts them, you know, I guess in the mental health standpoint. So it's interesting because we saw Sam Gerrard uh, win in the player sister assistance program earlier this season too on the same team, but he has since returned to the team. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's the type of guy or, you know, as a teammate, if he, you know, if people who've been through the program are probably, you know, really petitioning for other guys who need help to get into it. So again, wish the best to uh, Val Nishushkin there. Absolutely. You know, uh, Choo Choo Train, as he's affectionately called among Avs faithful and, and commentators, uh, heck of a player. He was 
I believe he was a high draft pick and wasn't doing well in Dallas. And Joe Sackick picked him up, and he just had a resurgence in Denver. Um, you know, like you said, the stuff that happened last year during the playoffs, there was a whole lot of um, conjecture. No one really knew what happened. Um, and you're probably, you know, your, your speculation probably isn't far off. There's a lot going on. It's a lot to handle. And even though these guys are on TV and some people make them out to be superheroes, they are just people. And um, there's a lot, you know, I'm sure there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on in their brain that, uh, you know, the average person never has to face. So um, wish him the best and hopefully he's back soon because it's never good to see anybody have to go through this. Right. Absolutely. Um, moving on, there is a actual physical injury, Kalorn to have knee surgery out four to six weeks for the Ducks. You know, it's crazy, man. I feel like these knee surgery numbers, like four to six weeks is pretty common, but like that just seems like no time, especially if it's an, I don't know the depth of it, but like even a scope, even to get scoped like four to six weeks just seems like no time to get back to playing pro sports. Um, so I guess that's a kudos for technology. Uh, hopefully Kalorn can come back. I mean, he's, he's older too, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, fortunately for him, the Ducks aren't in a playoff picture really. Uh, so, you know, they can wait for him to come back in due time. Yeah, and you're right. It, that is, it's crazy how quick these turnarounds are on knee surgeries. Um, you know, for you know, at a point, certain knee injuries were the end of a career, and now guys are coming back in less than two months. Just insane. Right. Crazy, crazy. Uh, last piece of league news we've got is William Lockwood hit Flurry, charging behind the net, going after a loose puck. Uh, Flurry came out to play it, and uh, Lockwood kind of went towards the boards in between the boards and Flurry and absolutely drilled him in the head with a shoulder. He received three games on a sussy for that. Um, you know, we talked about it like in the pre-show. Uh, three games is a lot, but if you drill a goalie and, you know, I, I don't know. If you drill a goalie, I feel like you, you've kind of really got it coming to you. Yeah. I mean, no matter what your stance is on the goalie situation and whether they are or are not protected or should or should not be, you got to understand the culture of hockey and know that um, the league's going to hit you hard with that. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, you know, lesson learned. The guy didn't have, like, there was no, I don't think there uh, was any previous, like, instances of, of suspensions or anything like that. So this was really the bare minimum that they thought that they should give. Uh, and so, you know, he's a young player. I guess live and learn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, moving on, what you can learn, Caps fans, is how to win some money. We know hockey games move fast. With DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN, the crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, what do you think? Let's uh, talk about the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wraparound. Let's do it. All right. So in this week's Washington Wraparound, as we kind of buried the lead at the beginning of the show, I thought it was an absolute disappointment. Polly, what did, what did you think overall? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Really, the Caps should have come out of this. Um, 3-0. I mean, you know, we don't have to talk about the fact that I perfectly predicted this outcome. Uh, well, of course but... we will. Uh, yeah, but, um, they should have won all three of these games. And so I think calling it a disappointment is fair. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you somebody who's not disappointed and that's Alexei Protoss though, re-signed with the Washington Capitals five years, 3.375 million. That's big boy money. All right. That's five years. You know, he's, it's going to take him to 30. Uh, you know, he, he started as, he's 25-ish right now. I think he's, he's, he's listed as 25. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I like Alexei Protoss. I think he does a lot. He may not show up on the scoreboard, but this guy, I mean, he's always turning pucks over. He's a huge dude. 6'5", like 240, 2, two something, two, 230, 240. You know, that's like bigger than Ovechkin. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already just done so well and he has so much upside, so much potential. This really, this is good money for an individual, but it's not like it, it's not a lot of money to a team. So I think this is, you know, a very good deal for both sides here. And it's good to have him locked in because um, you don't want to let this kind of guy go. Right. I, I mean, I totally believe that too. I mean, I think this was really just to, to lock him in so that he wouldn't go out and like make us feel sorry for it for two, two to four games out of next season. Uh, so, you know, we had the rights to him. This was a smart move. We had all the leverage in the deal. He avoided arbitration. So like, you know, all of these things that he could have done to try to get more money. I think that that's an incredibly fair term to five years. You know, there's not a lot of five year contracts, uh, you know, floating around the league in general, but like, Especially for the Caps, obviously they see what we see in him, and that's a lot of potential. So, congratulations to Lexi Protos. I'm, I'm happy to see him is going to be part of like that that mainstay of the team. And if he does get better and continues to, and actually like takes the next step and becomes a, a even bigger contribution scoring wise on the second line, this deal looks like an absolute steal for the Washington Capitals. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Get that money, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Congrats to him. Um, quick bit of AHL news. The Hershey Bears are historically good, even better than last year's Kelly or uh, Calder Cup winning team. 
Um, historically good. 30 wins in 39 games, which is the fastest in AHL history. Previous fastest was 41 games, so beat the previous record by two full games. You know, I think this is uh, amazing news for the Hershey guys. Obviously, there's uh, somewhat of a good talent pool down there. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people are probably scratching their heads right now saying like, well, if the AHL team's so good, why aren't we seeing more of them uh, up at the big, big league? But I think really it turns into a rights thing as far as what contracts were signed. Uh, AHL players can only be called up for a, a certain amount of games before they have to be locked in permanently to the cap of the NHL team. Right now, as you know, Washington Capitals have very little cap, and if they're going to be competitive, they're probably going to be looking for someone who's a seasoned NHLer at trade deadline. Um, and you know, ultimately, there are some older players on on the Bears team. So, other teams who may see a lot of up and down movement, the Hershey Bears and the Washington Capitals really haven't. So, good for them. Stack the club, st- you know, stack the farm team, and, and let them win there. Uh, you can see how much that experience has affected guys like John Carlson, Carl Alsner. Connor McMichael of recent Hendricks LaPierre, you know, guys who have really just turned a corner after knowing what it takes to win at that level, really come in not exactly knowing how to win a Stanley Cup, but understanding the grind and and, and knowing what makes a championship team at a high level. Absolutely. I mean, development is a big part of the game and doing it in Hershey is the right way to do it. Um Man, 30 out of 39, that's a lot of winning. Yeah. So, you know, it, at this stage, halfway through the season, um, it looks like that the championship is the Bears to lose. Uh, obviously, you've got to play the next half of the season and playoffs, but looking very good for the Hershey Bears. So congrats to them. Yeah. All right, so let's get into a little bit of week in review. On the 16th, we went to uh, – we, we were home against Anaheim. Ovi was out taking a maintenance day. That was, I think, his third game out. Uh, but luckily, the Washington Capitals didn't need it. Uh, Kemper was also in net after being benched on the back-to-back. Uh, and kind of what seemingly, with, with the last games from last week where Lindgren started the back-to-back. And then, you know, Kemper gets Anaheim, who is the weaker of the two opponents that we had. I think that makes it pretty clear who the number one is, at least for the time being. And I think that's Charlie Lindgren. But Kemper did not disappoint and netted a shutout as the Ducks really just looked like shit. Um, I thought it was an easy shutout for Kemper. And we got an Ethan Bear first goal, which is amazing, finally. uh, Getting that defenseman number 25, uh, his first goal for the Washington Capitals. So... I really don't have much to say about this game, dude. I mean, it was a beatdown, and even the Washington Capitals' impotent offense really easily took care of this team. Yeah, I mean, really the only thing I have to say is uh, love to see Ethan Bear get his first goal in the McNugget minute, and it's a game winner. Right. Yeah, and, you know, good. And then let's give props to Kemper. You know, he only faced like mid-20 shots, but he stopped them all. And, uh, you know, that's a shutout that counts uh, and way to see him bounce back and not have an Elvis type tantrum. 
Yeah, and also, you know, to Kemper's credit, the Ducks did put on a little pressure the last couple minutes. You know, he was making uh, – I don't think there was any danger of losing the game, but there was danger of him losing his shutout, and he wanted it, and he got it. Yep, absolutely. So congrats to everybody that's, you know, starting the week off high. And I thought you couldn't really have a better start. It would have been nice if we blew him out 10 to nothing, but with the Washington Capitals offense, you know that's just a fucking fantasy. So <clears> – <throat> Hey, great start to the week. Two days later, we're at home again against St. Louis. And, you know, the good times keep on rolling. Beck Malenstein and Joel Edmondson are both out. Turns out Beck was having a kid. So congratulations to him. Had his had his kid, Bo, Bo Malenstein. Bo and Beck Malenstein. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, congrats. Um, you know, it's nice that the guys are given time for things like this. Um, I feel like there wasn't, I feel like there was a time where the guys would have to play and it's like, uh, you know, my wife literally just gave birth. So I'm going to take a few days. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good thing. Um, Edmondson kind of worrying to be out though. I don't think it's, it, it was long-term as I think he played literally last game, but uh, Ovi back in as well. Awesome to see. So not a huge long-term injury there. We were starting to get worried when it became three games in a row. You know, is it like, holy shit, what's going on? Um, The injury that Ovi sustained uh, was around the Carolina Hurricanes game, but it was not with the stall collision, they're saying. So some other nagging type injury uh, to the lower body is is what he's ailing from. But on to the game, I thought uh, early on, a couple early looks – I think did you write this part of the of the uh, outline there, Polly? Yeah, yeah, I'll take the first period. All right. Yes, yeah, so, I mean there were a couple couple early looks. The Caps came out, um, you know, buzzing. I'd say uh, there was a really nice hustle play. Willie Bubble Willie uh, got it to Kuzi, who had Ov on the back door. Basically, they had a two on O, and Kuzi had Ov on the back door. And it just was a little too far out of his reach, um, a little behind him. It was an empty net. Would have would have been a good one to get him off his most current schneid. But um, they did miss that. First power play of the game. Few country roads, baby. Osh, babe. First game back, right? First game back from Minnesota? Or no, maybe. I think he played Anaheim. Yeah, he um, did play Anaheim. But second Osh, game back. babe, man. It, it was a sexy individual effort. I mean, he, um, I think the puck was kind of chilling at the top of the circles and he beat the defenseman to it, danced around a little bit and then sniped to go up one, nothing, uh, Lapierre ended up getting a double minor. Uh, he, he made someone bleed their own blood, (laughs) but, uh, after they killed that off, just like a minute later, former cap man from down under Nathan Walker. Stanley Cup champ, uh, he did score, so he tied it up one to one, and then uh, the Blues had a, a too many men with ten seconds left, and then the Caps were going to go into second period. They had a one fifty left on the power play, one to one after one. Yeah, and then from there, I mean, they really went off in the second, dinging the Blues for two. The first was 
an incredibly lucky bounce off of Falk from Nicholas Abe Kubel. But you know what? We'll fucking take that. The Caps have had god awful luck this year, and it's about time we see the other side of the coin. So I'm 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 happy. I don't care if it was deflected five feet in front of the crease, right in perfectly. Uh, you know, watch your feet there, Falk. That's that's just like defenseman 101. Um, but moving yeah. on. Then, then Oshi potted his second power play goal of the game in his bumper position on a one-timer. Love to see him getting the mix after injury, but are we really are we really surprised that TJ Oshi doesn't come back and immediately uh, start to contribute? I think that's you know the dude's a stud, so good for him. Uh, in the beginning of the third, Strom nets the Caps fourth off an OV one-timer rebound as the power play expired, and this was just a. At this point, I'm like looking at all these power plays and all these penalties being called and just a real penalty riddled game after the blues have had four at this point and the caps ha- had five, nine penalties up to this point, And it's the beginning of the third. Uh, shortly after though, Falk seemingly redeemed himself off of deflecting that puck into the net and off a point shot two point shot that was really lasered to the short side top corner through a big screen and ultimately tipped in front by Nathan Walker. So at the time of the game that they, they announced that this was a unassisted Falk goal, but ends up being Falk getting the primary assist uh, to Nathan Walker, the man from down under X cap only Australian. And I think first Australian to be playing in the NHL. I always liked him. He was undersized, but he had a ton of piss and vinegar. And clearly that's something that the St. Louis blues identified. And, and he's been a mainstay or, or he's been at least a player getting some decent NHL time, NHL reps uh, with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the problem I had with this goal was that it was just off a failed clear, which always hurts. You know, if you fail to clear, defenseman scoops it up, puts it on net, and it's immediately a goal coming back your way. Uh, so if I were to give any negative reviews for this game, it would be kind of, you know, hey, got to get the puck out a little bit cleaner. Finally, though, Oshi finishes the hat trick on an empty netter. What a game for him uh, on country music night and McNuggies as well to cap it all off. I mean, hell yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Ovi or not Ovi. Oshi comes back from Minnesota and just, you know, he has five goals in his last five games. And, uh, you know, I saw people saying on Twitter, Ovechkin's going to Minnesota during the All-Star break. Like we gotta <laughs> yeah. send, send him up there and get him get him drinking whatever Oshi was drinking up there. The but, state of hockey gas. Yeah. I mean it was it was a great great caps game. Um I mean I thought Ovi looked good coming back. Uh he had some chances, he had that assist. Oshi obviously looked phenomenal. Um I think it was a great game overall and uh this is something Caps fans needed. Yeah. And, you know, the Caps were largely in control of this game, owning possession and out shooting the Blues. Bennington was really the only thing keeping this from being a slaughter. The special teams were on point two, a perfect uh, penalty kill and a power play that scored twice. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Absolutely. So now we go to dark times. And this is where I think the Washington Capitals let us down. Polly, I'm going to place this loss solely upon you because you said that the Capitals would find a way to disappoint us last week, and they absolutely did. On the 20th, the Caps 
did a you know a home and home series with St. Louis. We played the Blues again in their barn, and it was just an absolute slaughter. The Washington Capitals uh, just took a three nothing loss, and honestly, they deserved to lose ten to nothing. That's how bad this was. I thought uh, the Washington Capitals came out this game buzzing. They were doing great the first two three minutes. First few shifts were completely in the Blues' end. The Blues looked reeling. They were they were on their heels to start. And then, lo and behold, all of our hard work pays off, and we get awarded a power play, right? And as we're killing this power play, uh, who, by the way, in January, in the past you know several games, the power play and the penalty kill are getting towards the top of the league, you know, past the halfway mark of the top of the league. So, you know, better than not, um, better than bad, if you will, for the Caps. Uh, and this is the type of momentum we want to see. But less than three minutes in, we draw that penalty, and Colton Pareko just carries the puck up. Now, this is an incredible play by Pareko. He bats the puck down, a centering pass down out of midair, right in the high slot, and just trucks it down uh, on his own. Ends up being a two-on-two with one back checker. He looks over, sees that, his passing option is covered and absolutely rips one high and away from the right side to the left over uh, Lindgren's catching glove bar and in. It's not often that we see Charlie Lindgren get beat on that glove side, but this was an absolute rocket. I mean, you could hear it, it hit the post probably from outside the building. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're basically on your own on this one. Cause, uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to watch, and when I saw the final score, I didn't catch any highlights because I didn't give a shit when I saw that score. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great play by Pareko, and, and you know you know what they say? In the words of the great Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get fucking hit in the mouth, right? And I think the Washington yeah. Capitals got absolutely hit in the mouth here after really doing a lot of work in the first few minutes to establish themselves. And then letting up that shorthanded goal is just such a kick in the teeth that they, I don't think, ever recovered from it throughout the rest of the game. At this point, the Blues are one for one in shots, which is never a good start. Uh, and then after after this shorthanded goal, the game really started to devolve in the rest of the game, the rest of the period, into a track meet, which is, again, the St. Louis Blues are one of the best rush teams in the, t- in the league. And the Washington Capitals are not set up to get into a track meet with literally any team in the NHL. The Washington Capitals need to control possession and grind you down and, you know, hope that they can get into the middle and set up some plays for some goals. Obviously, this did not happen. And when we get into a place where we're trading chances, uh, first of all, it expends the Caps energy too quickly. And second of all, we just suck at that. So, you know, they the the other team knows that they can absorb our shitty offense and then get the puck again and charge down on an odd man rush. I'll take those odds any day uh, if I'm the other team, especially. So the Caps took a penalty and almost got a shorty of their own, but couldn't settle uh, the puck and had three bats at it. St. Louis took over the rest of the period, and like I said, that shorthanded goal really stung. Luckily, Lindgren played awesome to keep us in it. The Caps were an absolute turnover machine in the first. And that resulted in them getting badly outshot and out danger chanced as well. In the second, they started to get it together. 
you know, starting to mount their comeback, but couldn't score on a power play and took a delayed one of their own that Braden Shin scored on. Short side high on Lindgren, you know, that's a Falk bump over to Braden Shin. Uh, there was no player on the ice that was outside of the top of the circles there. The Blues did a great job of hemming the Caps into their own zone, moving the puck around, and basically making us retreat to the front of the net. <clears throat> and then they topped it off with Braden Shin absolutely sniping. Who knew Braden Shin was still in the league, dude? I thought the Shin brothers had washed out long ago. Yeah, uh, I hadn't heard from them, heard them in a while. And I guess that's what happens when you end up on a West Coast team that's not making runs. Right, and dude, he's the captain. Wow. I know, right? Right? Braden Shen's the captain <laughs> of the St. Louis Blues. Weird. Um, anyways, the Caps had uh, two power plays in the second. Bennington robbed three different Caps. Insane. Uh, Bennington... I think took the loss a little personally. I think that the whole St. Louis blues team took the loss in DC very personally and came out an absolutely different team. On the other hand, the Washington Capitals seem to be taking their newly found one game stretch of five goals for granite and absolutely came out impotent and just wet noodle everywhere. The third in the third uh, reset the average. Yeah, right. They had to they had to bring it back down. They were, they were flying too high yeah. with the five-goal <laughs> fucking game. They had to come back down to earth here. Uh, in the third, the Blues shut it the fuck down, though. I mean, they really did a good job. The Caps, like I said, totally impotent late in the third. Dowd took an interference play, and the Blues scored on that through a screen. Uh, completely different teams for both teams for this matchup when compared to the game in D.C. Um <clears throat> I think some things that I, I really hated to see was the Caps just looked like they didn't give a single fuck about where they were sending the puck when they did have it, uh, which, you know, I didn't see the turnover numbers, but I just from watching the game, I know that we were an absolute turnover machine all night. And, uh, you know, I think after getting coming out hot and feeling good about themselves, they really got to find a way to battle back after giving up a really bad play. But you know, I, I don't feel like they should be uh, be too mad about that shorthanded goal. It was an incredible individual effort by Colton Pareko, who's a, a a studly defenseman in the in the NHL. You know, huge guy, booming shot. Uh, I don't see why. You know, you kind of got to get have a guy on the bench that's just like you know that didn't hurt us, guys. Like we got to continue to battle back. Uh, while I was like Josh, right? Exactly. Shout out Josh. You know, nothing hurt there, right? That's that's his number one line in beer league. But uh, ultimately, I think beyond poor five-on-five play, which included a ton of turnovers, like I said, special teams let us down tonight as well. And that's what I get for hyping them up at the beginning of this game. You know, like the announcers were like, oh, the, the power play, the penalty kill, who's been relatively good all season. They're starting to get, you know, the... Same type of performance from the power play. Like, this is great. Special teams are back, baby. And they were, in fact, not that back when it came to this game. Um, You know, so really shitty play. We didn't even get 20 shots on net the whole game. Uh, An absolute real just embarrassment. Also embarrassing was Wes McCauley, as always. Dude's just such a fucking fraud. Just a bunch of dumb calls. There was a clean hit given by Faviari, and then 
a little kerfuffle in front of the bench as guys tried to get some retribution. And then they, they end up carting four guys off, two for each team, to even it up. When really I thought the Washington Capitals should have had a power play there. Not to say that that would have made any fucking difference. But I think that to get the call right, you know, that's a retaliation on a, on a clean hit against a guy who did not want to fight. What are you doing? I think that's that's cut and dry. Yeah, I mean, Wes McCauley, all he's good for is his sound bites. Right, right. Like it's not it's not the the National Hockey League of Wes McCauley. All right, we we've got to put that fucking old goat to rest, man. Like Wes McCauley needs to just retire at this point. Um, and it, you know, I don't think that his calls really dictated a ton about the game because the Washington Capitals were just so fucking piss poor. But it was a sideshow that didn't need to be happening. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, if you're a referee and you're becoming, um, if you're becoming the topic, you're doing your job wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you know, so caps go two and one secure four points out of six remain out of a wild card spot by, I believe just one fucking point. Uh, as of today, Sunday that we're recording, the Washington Capitals are outside looking in by, yes, one point on Detroit and two points behind Toronto. We've got the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, both with 49 points, and then Pittsburgh with 48, really just nipping at our heels. This would have been, if we would have gotten 52 points at the this point of the season, Looking at the rest, that makes it a two-game spread between us and the rest of the league. I or the, or the rest of our competition pushing from behind. Um, just the latest trend. I mean, the latest week of of just huge points. I thought given up by the Caps. The St. Louis Blues are not a bad team. Don't get me wrong. But if you really want to make the playoffs, this needs to be a game that the Washington Capitals have to win, and they just didn't do it. And in fact, they lost in pretty embarrassing fashion, getting shut out and handing Charlie Lindgren a rare, you know, just kind of left him out to dry, had three goals against, which is crazy high for Charlie Lindgren. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, it's a burn in the tape game, right? I mean, at this point, you can't. I mean, how many how many burn the tape games have we already had? We're only halfway through the season. Um, I don't think you can burn the tape here. I think you need to go fucking get bagged for a couple practices and only watch tape and have, you know, that guy from TikTok call you not even an athlete. <laughs> well, that's fair. I, I don't know, man. I mean, this was – these are crucial points. I know – People are like, oh, we got half the season. You're right. We do have half the season. Now, you look at the teams above us and behind us in the Metro. You know, you've got Philly, who is somehow, I think, punching above their weight, who's ahead of us. And then you've got <clears throat> Carolina and New York. Somehow, Philly has one more point than Carolina. Carolina's been in a bit of a slump. New York's slumping a little bit. You know, this is prime time to start just taking up point real estate. And on top of that, we've got so much back pressure from New Jersey, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh. Again, the Metro is a dogfight. Um, do you really, like, you know, the whole, it's only halfway through the season. Um, 
kind of logic applies, but do you really think the Washington Capitals are a team that's going to go on a five, six, seven game win streak? Because if we continue to play like this, we're going to need that just to punch a last card and a last spot in a wild card. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Capitals with the roster they have and the performance they've been having, they need they need to win the games that they should win, and they're only doing that it seems about half the time. Yeah. And, but and then you know we'll go out and play uh, a division rival or you know somebody in a playoff spot and we'll beat them. So you know maybe I'm just being an alarmist, but this is not a good trend. The Washington you know championship teams, good teams, win the games that they should, win the games that are 50-50 battles, and then take a few points from people you know that are from teams that are above them in the standings. So not to be doom and gloom, but I'm I'm a little I, I told you you know look we we said the first twenty games we would give the Caps a little breaky break, Caps did really well in the first twenty games and I still, you know said that this isn't the real team and and I think the Capitals are starting to form, what is really going on with this team and it's it's not great it's bare it's a bubble team. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know who knows maybe they come back from the All Star break which is next week and they. Uh, clean things up, but uh, it's hard to have that optimism at this point. Right, right. And I hope they do. I'm not trying to say that they're not going to. I hope they do. It's just reality says otherwise, and, and what they've been doing this season says otherwise. So with it being so close, though, if we do rattle off a five, six, I mean, help me Jesus, seven game winning streak... That could be the difference, you know, and, and but if you if we don't do that, which again, I ask you, Caps fans, do you really think that the Washington Capitals have a seven game winning streak in them at the, for the rest of the season at, one, at any point in the rest of the season? If you do, then maybe I'm overreacting. If if you don't, then these games are way more important than you think. All right. Enough ranting. You heard it here first. Exactly. Exactly. We, you did. And, and enough ranting. Um We'll talk about last week now with the host's predictions. I was very on I was very animate about the Washington Capitals going three and0. I thought they were gonna do it. They waited to the last game when they heard the podcast and Polly's negativity went and just like a cancer infected the entire team and ate it all away and now they completely shit the bed coming out. Uh, against the Blues in the last matchup, and we went two and one. So congratulations, Paul. I hope you feel great about your your very right prediction. My words were like a vector that infected their psyche. <laughs> yeah, a vector of disease. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So well, and then you know. Obviously, so you said three and zero. Oh, I said two and one. I was right. Not happy to be. Um, but then on Ovi goals, you said zero. I said one. If he plays, um, you didn't like that. You know, God forbid, I'd be uh, you know intelligent about something. But um, uh, you know, you were right. He scored zero goals. That that Cousy play I was talking about earlier. Damn, that was close. That was yeah. close. But you were you were correct. Uh, um, 
So what do you think about this week? How many do you think Obi scores any? So for the road trip, by the way, Caps, we're gonna, or Caps fans, we're going to be on a road trip the entire week. We're at Minnesota. We're at Colorado, 23 and 24. Back-to-back. I mean, holy shit, how many back-to-back games do we really have to play, especially on the road? Minneapolis to Colorado. That's a pretty – that's that's more than a John. That's a plane, you know, mini to Colorado. That's a plane. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the 27th, we have a 2 p.m. matinee against who? Little D, Dallas. Oh, little little D. Why is it little D? Because people call it the big D, so I'm just trolling. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. Okay. All right. So 2 p.m. Uh, their time, I guess 3 p.m. our time. Uh, that's a matinee. Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas. Jesus Christ. You know, I'm back on my depressive bullshit, dude. I don't think we won a single one of those games. You know, and, and I'm I'm inclined to lean that way, but I think we steal one. I think Charlie Lindgren and someone like TJ Oshie or John Carlson helps us steal one. Okay, all right. Well, I'm you're one and two. I'm zero oh and three. You know, I'm no more no more tricks from Hockey Troll. No more tricks. No more reverse karma. It's clearly not working. No more feeling good about this team. Just you're getting the raw, uncut, real fucking prediction from Hockey Troll, and it's 0-3. What yeah, about we give Ovi? it to you raw here? Yeah, well, yeah, we give it to you raw here, folks, and and that's what you're getting from me, uh, Polly. What what about uh, Ovi goals? I think he's going to get one, and I think it's going to be in Minnesota. But I'm I'm not I'm not. Putting that as part of my prediction, I'm just that's what I think. But I think he'll get one. All right. Because the Washington Capitals, you know, they can't they can't just let us be straight miserable. They have to make us doubly exponentially more miserable by giving us something to cling on to. I think Ovi's gonna figure it out this week. He's on the road. Uh he's gonna get two two goals. We're going to lose every game, but he's well, going to get two goals. To let it be written, to let it be done. <laughs> Something that we didn't cover at the, at the beginning that I had read. On this, so the the road trip started with the Blues. It's going to go through the entirety of next week with Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas. And then I think there's one more game on that road trip. Guess who is tagging along? Oh, yeah, Becky. Nicholas Backstrom, his come out of you know the past couple of months of who knows what he was doing probably chilling with his family contemplating life you know making getting getting his mental health right obviously it's a huge thing in his life that's going on with having to figure out is he going to play hockey anymore is he not like you know he's still on contract like what the hell is going to go on he stepped away from the game completely and I think that, you know, media and and the team gave him a long leash there to just, you know, hey, go figure it out. And, and when you're ready to come back, we would love you back. And already, Nicholas Backstrom, back with the team, hanging with the boys. He's going to be watching from the press box. But 
I think that this is this just awesome to that he is, you know, one mature enough and apparently in in the right state of mind to be like, you know what, I may not be able to play, but I want to show show support and be around the boys, you know, get away from. He probably was just like, I just want to get away at this point. My family's annoying me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, need need to trip with the boys to balance. Right, right, right. No, I'm, I'm totally joking there, but that's probably the that's probably what I would say, honestly. But um, you know, yeah, with with uh, with him coming back, and it, I think it is actually just a four game road trip. So like going on this four game road trip with the boys and, and being back in the mix, you know, I think that that speaks a lot about. A guy who, like I said, was given a long enough leash. He could have never had to come back to the rink for the rest of the season if he didn't want. He could have just been out hanging out on the beach in Cancun or Ibiza or or Fuji, wherever he wanted to be, sipping Mai Tais. Instead, he decides, you know what? I want to be back with the boys. I, I want to be back in the locker room. I want to see everybody. I want to, you know, be at the rink. And, and while that's probably painful for him uh, because he can't play, you know, I think it, it speaks volumes about him as like a leader and a character. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a reason he's got that A, and there's a reason the boys love him, and this just is a testament to that. Absolutely. So, hope he has fun. Hope the hope the Washington Capitals do better than my prediction, but I'm not holding my breath. And uh, you know, I think that's that's it, Paul. Do you have anything else to add? No, we got to get out of here for our beer league game. Right, exactly. So, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Next week on Thursday's episode, probably going to line up a bit of a uh, bit of a guest interview to be determined. Not sure who yet, but hopefully it's somebody cool. Of course, it's going to be cool. We always get cool interviews, though. Honestly, right, Polly? Oh yeah, we only have cool people. Exactly. Right. Only cool people on the official Caps shirt podcast. So. A little bit of a teaser there, Caps fans. Tune into us on Thursday to find out who it is. But until then, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Polly Cupcakes at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>